You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. What is up, the internet? This is your good friend Curtis Spears, and I'm back with you today for the final episode of Okada Shorts Short G Wondering for the G1 Climax 32, the final night of block action. That's right. This one took place at the Nippon Budokan. 3,000 plus in attendance, and what a night of matches it was. Top to bottom, eight singles matches. And each one of them was um, relatively good. So let's go ahead and get started here. The first match was Will Ospreay versus Juice Robinson. The winner would determine if we are still having our way with Project 7-Way Chaos. Uh, Will and Juice, they start hot. Uh, Fans are squarely behind Will. And Juice lays into Will's neck really hard. Multiple stiff neck breakers. Will goes for a really great move, a sunset bomb over the turnbuckle, which was very cool. Uh, He ends up using the apron instead of the floor. That was pretty cool, too. Juice gets his knees up for a 450, then a big double knee gut buster. But Juice is getting frustrated because he can't put Will down. There's a ref bump because this is a bullet club match and Juice hits a low blow. Juice retrieves the missing U.S. title belt and then nails Will with it. He blasts Osprey with a spike pile driver on the exposed floor. A pulp friction, but Osprey kicks out. The crowd is eating it up. They want Will to be a babyface again so badly. It's It seems like it's it's building to something. I mean, the Japanese crowd loves Will Osprey. Should I love Will Osprey? He's having fantastic matches. And everyone's eating out of the palm of his hand. It's wild how he's learned to really control the crowd. He must have he must have been taking notes from, you know, that time under Okada. Will flips out of the rock slide and absolutely levels Juice with the hidden blade to the face. Uh, Will single-handedly destroys Operation Seven-Way Chaos in one elbow strike. He eliminates Juice, ELP, Yujiro, Davy Chan, and Yoshihashi. He got his belt back, and he ends the block stages with eight points. If Shingo wins the next match, though, he has the tiebreaker and will win the block. If he does not, then Will Osprey is your D-block champion. So, so here's here's the question that I'm and I'm gonna end up asking my I'm gonna end up asking my bad friend Rafe Houston this on our next full episode, which will come this weekend. I asked him once already if. If heel Juice Robinson is a failure, he said no. I wonder if heel Juice Robinson 
is now a failure after going for two wins in his first G1 with this new heel personality. Who did he piss off backstage? Like, why was he not a bigger factor in this in 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 this tournament? He's a good wrestler. He's got a great new attitude. He's got a great new gimmick. He's got a terrible new theme song. You would think that he'd go a little bit further, but I don't know, man. Seems like he's pissed somebody off. All right. Next up, Shingo versus ELP. I'm flying through these, sorry. ELP is fucking flying to start the match. Big crossbodies inside and outside of the ring, but he starts getting cocky, and that's when Shingo catches him coming off the top rope and begins beating ELP like he fucking stole something. Phantasmo is valiantly fighting back, but he can't seem to maintain any control. A big combo of a Super Rana and a Thunder Kiss 86, but he can't put Shingo down. Shingo with a Rana of his own and a huge pumping bomber. Shingo hits my favorite move that he does at all whatsoever. It's the pop-up Death Valley Driver, but Phantasmo won't stay down. And he nails Shingo with a CR2. Shingo kicks out. What the fuck? Shingo's just ruined this man's uh, finishing move, but that's okay. A series of super kicks and a nasty pile driver does it. Phantasmo has given Will the block. ELP and Shingo both end on three and three with six points. ELP beats Shingo Takagi. This match was really fucking good. I was loving it, man. What a, what a great showing for ELP. And I mean, Shingo, as we all know, is the fucking man. So that was awesome. A uh, great match. So that's two for two. Really, really good matches. D-Block does it again. But then we switch over to the C-Block. Evil versus Goto. Evil tries to jump Goto during his entrance. There's a shirt choke. Turnbuckle shenanigans. Then I stop paying attention because I took a call from my friend who wanted to talk about the D&D game he's running. And that seemed like infinitely cooler than anything that Evil was going to do in this match. It looked like it was just a pure House of Torture match. There was not a lot going on. Um, then another nut punch and a victory for evil. So good for him. Moving on. ZSJ versus Naito. Okay. So at this point, I got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I got a nice cup of tea. I'm going to sit down and watch ZSJ versus Naito and it's over. Two minutes and 58 seconds. And these two a-holes are trying to out a-hole each other and roll the other up, Naito fakes going for the Destino early, and when Zack braces, Naito rolls him up into a nifty package. Fuck. Naito wins the, the, the C block. Zack comes fucking unglued, man. It's hilarious. And Naito just mocks him the entire time. He offers him ice packs. He's showing him a way to the loser's exit like a young lion would. It's fucking phenomenal. What a goddamn show. I can't wait for these two to get their hands on each other again. And I kind of hope it's going to be at Royal Quest 2. Because I'm going to both nights of that bitch. Next, we skip up to the B block. Ishii versus Sonata. And the action starts pretty fast and frantic. Until Ishii scores a big backdrop suplex. And the pace really slows when Ishii begins to take control. Sonata uses his athleticism to score a big drop kick and retake control. They take it to the outside. They trade some nice sequences, but no one really scores. Sonata scores with a skull end, but misses the big mood of Moonsault. There's a ton of trading back and forth in, a, in this match, but no one can really create or maintain control. 
Each is scoring big moves, but neither can capitalize. There's so much frustration on both of their faces. It was really nice to see that from Sonata. There's even a spot during a test of wills part of the match where Sonata like screamed out in frustration and, and anger. That was really cool to see. It was a gutsy showing for both, but Ishii scores with a vertical drop brain buster and gets the W. They really, on comms, they were really stressing during this match that it was Ishii's final G1 match. Like, he's not going to be in it next year. And, you know, I can understand why after going through an entire G1, granted there were only six matches, but going through an entire G1 and he only wins two it's got to be frustrating for him, and if he if he thinks that maybe he's not up to his own snuff, then he's the kind of guy who will walk away. And yeah, I um I can see why. Sonata wins at three and three, Ishii two and four, and if that was Ishii's final G one match, then you know it was a pretty good one to go out on. The next match, Jay versus Tama Tonga. Tama is ready to fire off on Jay, and Jay is just hoping to play mind games. He rolls out of the ring and things like that, but Tama catches him with a quick shotgun dropkick, and right away he reveals the rig. This is going to be a fight, and Jay hates fights, but Jay, has he's outsmarted his opponent so many times before. Jay uses his brain and his arsenal of suplexes to take control, but Tama's heart and fire show through. Jay can't extinguish that fire in the belly of Tama Tonga. The final stretch can send your heart racing in this match. Jay is blocking the gun stun at every turn, but Tama catches him with other high-impact moves, including the Bloody Sunday DDT that Prince Devitt made famous. And finally, Tama is able to fire up and catch Jay with a stun gun and claim victory for his first block win ever. That's right, Tama Tonga wins the B block, and the curse of the final night block action strikes Jay White again. I don't know... I, I don't see Tama going very far, especially against someone like Okada or Lance Archer. Whoever wins the A block will get there. But this big win over Jay, the crowd was eating him up. They love him. They love face Tamatanga. I love face Tamatanga. I hope that you love face Tamatanga. Huge victory for the new face Tamatanga here in the year of our Lord 2022. And um, I wonder what the plan is for him from here on. I mean, obviously, he's going to set up a challenge for the World Heavyweight title. Do they belt Tamatanga with the World Heavyweight title? Probably not. Should they? Fuck yeah, let's go for it. Let's see what, let's see what World Heavyweight Champion Tamatanga has for us. If Evil can do it, why can't Tamatanga? Tell me that right now. If Evil can be World Heavyweight Champion, why can't Tamatanga? I'll wait. I'll I'll take the I'll take my I'll take my answer off the phone, please. Next match, A block action. Jonah versus Fale. They start trading blows. Average big man stuff here, and then Jonah starts throwing himself bodily at Fale, who falls to the outside. Chase stands up at ringside and starts talking trash. And uh my man Big Teets, bad dude Tito, at ringside calls <laughs> he calls Chase a fucking nerd. Which was awesome. Uh, more big man wrestling. They tease another Jonah count out. Fale is uh, too big to get up for the Black Forest bomb. Jonah ducks the grenade and Jonah shows his speed and power hitting Fale with a big lariat and a body slam. 
And then the crowd pops because Jonah delivers the torpedo. The second he starts going for that, then he climbs that, that turnbuckle. The crowd knows and they know what's coming and they know that it's, it's okay for them to break the, the COVID protocols at that point. Cause you saw, you hear it every time they, they gasp and they wait for him to come crashing down. Jonah finishes with eight points. Fale finishes with four. Jonah's really captured the imagination of the Japanese fans, and I fucking love it. I can't wait for TMDK to come back. I want, uh, you know, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols in the World Tag League. I want Jonah to come back, and I want Tito to come back as as well. I want them both to have a great tour where they're showing over exactly what TMDK as a unit can do. That would be so much fun. And I hope that it brings eyes to New Japan Strong. I I hope that people start seeing New Japan Strong. And um, I hope that Japanese fans start watching New Japan Strong. I hope that American fans who don't watch New Japan Strong have now seen Team Filthy. And they've seen TMDK. And they start watching New Japan Strong. Because it's a great product. And uh, there's a lot of special talent on there. And they need to to embrace that. Because it's, it's... the best hour of wrestling every week, I I think, like hand to God. So let's get to the final match of the night. Okada versus Lance Archer. If Lance wins, he takes the A block. If Okada wins, he takes the A block. Lance is focused. He didn't even punch a young lion on the way to the ring. He's got his hood up. He's got his head down. He's walking out like Clubber Lang. He stands directly in the middle of the ring with his hood up and his head down during Okada's entire entrance. Okada, you know, getting psyched out just a little bit. It's intimidating as fuck. And the second Okada starts to walk his way over, like, what are you doing? Are you okay? Boom. A giant choke slam. But Archer doesn't cover him. Archer is intimidating as fuck here because he's just like no shouting no screaming to the audience no no showboating he hits okada with a giant black hole slam doesn't cover him he hits okada with the pounce okada's reeling he absolutely crushes okada with a cannonball against the barricade outside it looked even nastier in slow motion when they when they showed it it was insane Then he body slams young lion Fujita onto Okada. Okada's fighting back, but Lance is laughing in his face. He's feeling himself. He starts crushing young lions. Now Lance does the undertaker old school ring rope walking thing. But instead of a clothesline, he comes down with a fucking moonsault. That was cool as shit. Okada kicks out at that point and crushes Lance with a rainmaker, but he can't cover because he's just been absolutely handled. Okada then starts using Lance's momentum against him. A beautiful drop kicks, but Lance lands a seven-foot drop kick of his own and crushes Okada with his own Rainmaker. The crowd's popping huge all over this match. Okada kicks out of the blackout by putting Lance into a roll-up predicament, and Lance starts seeing red. He's freaking out. Okada tries to slow him down with a money clip, but Archer powers out of that. Lance charges back in, but catches a landslide and eats a Rainmaker, and Okada wins the A block. The final four are Okada, Tamatanga, Tetsuya Naito, and Will Ospreay. So, 
We'll be discussing these matches and the finals uh, when we record this weekend with a full episode of Okada Shorts. It'll be me and your bad friend, Rafe Houston. And uh, we'll have a lot to talk about because there's some unexpected twists and turns here for, um, you know, for the results that came in. We've both got a lot of things on our mind that we want to talk about here with uh, with the G1. I've got some good questions for him. He's got some good questions for me, and hopefully we can take some questions from you, our favorite people in the world, the Okada Shorts listeners. But for right now, that's it. That's the end of G Wondering. I uh, want to thank you guys for coming on this sojourn with me. It's uh, been really weird podcasting on my own, but it's kind of fun. I get to listen to Rafe's on uh, on his own, and that's a lot of fun too. Uh, and it's always cool when we can do do these and then meet up and uh, talk about them afterwards, which is what we're going to do. An early episode for you guys. Instead of making you wait another week, we're going to do it this weekend for you and drop that soon. So we'll probably wait a couple of days and drop this one and then drop a full episode for you this weekend so you uh, we can space out the content just a little bit more. Um, you might have even seen the finals by the time we record this one. That's okay. The point of these is really for me to have instant reactions and not really to keep people up to date with the news. You can get the news anywhere. You get the news from Twitter way before you hear it on a podcast. So this one, this podcast is more about our reactions, our our feelings, our questions, what we want, that sort of thing. And we hope that uh, you enjoy the hearing that from us. So um, as for me, I'm out of here. So if you want to find me on social media, you can find me, your good friend Curtis Spears, on all the social medias at LDestructo83. You can find your bad friend Rafe Houston at Faces Feels Cast on those same social medias. You can find the beautiful Countout podcast folks at Countout Pod on social media. If you find the naive stupidity of us giving away a free show and our business model of doing that to be oddly charming and would like to give us gifts of money, you can look for the Countout Patreon. And um, they do a $3 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier monthly. It gives you access to a load of new content that is both wrestling and non-wrestling related. It's a great way for you to get to know us more behind the scenes and that thing, that sort of thing. Plus, it goes to help us out, and we uh, we appreciate it very much. It's uh, There's a lot of great people on the Count Out Podcast Network, and we love when you guys say thank you. So... Not everyone has the money that it takes to give us gifts of money, but if if you do not, there's plenty of free ways that you can help out the show. You can go ahead and share this on your timeline. You can like this episode. You can subscribe to the feed. You can uh, rate this feed uh, for five stars or ten stars or... Fuck a hundred stars if you really want to, but really the all the all those things are free, and we would appreciate them if you did them for us. We love you very much. One last thing, we want to thank Owen and Riff Your Pod on Instagram and Bandcamp because that dude gave us a ripping theme song. And if you want a ripping theme song too for whatever you're doing, whether it's Twitch or a podcast, or even if you're a pro wrestler and you want a new Rippin' theme song, go contact Owen at Riff Your Pod. He will hook you up. He is a bad motherfucker. So, let's hear from Owen right now. Till then, keep it right, keep it tight, keep it what? 
short. Countout Podcast.